This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gill, and today I've got my new friend, John Michelle. What's going on, John? Hey, man. I'm grateful to be here with you on this beautiful day, which we couldn't tell would look like this after the last two days. Oh, it's been crazy, right? What do you, th- what do you think we got? Five inches? Six inches of snow, yeah, maybe? I think they said, I did, did the count, they said eight. Now, I don't know. Oh, wow. That. But it was enough to make me go, I hope that's all we get. I'm ready yeah, to spring. exactly. <laughs> I don't want any more of this. Nope. I'm ready for the pool to open. Let's move on. Get the park open over there at the campus. And, Absolutely. Uh, Push some food trucks out and about. That's and start right. Light people. Well, we got introduced from Grant Littekin from the city of O'Fallon. And he said, man, Brett, your energy has to meet John's <laughs> energy. And then we had a two-hour meeting. And now here we are doing a podcast. We're talking about all sorts of fun stuff. The family came in. And that, that's the vote that matters, right? My wife, Amen. my kids, they gave it five-star approval. Uh, we're talking about social kitchen. We're talking about the social hospitality, the campus, all that stuff. But even before we get into that, you were a general, right, in the in the military. Spent, what, 28 years serving our country? Yeah, about, yeah, uh, 26 and a half. And uh, it was supposed to be a four to six year venture, fly jets, and then go to the business world. Well, 26 and a half later. Yeah. But absolutely blessed career with phenomenal human beings I got to serve yeah. with. Well, thank you for your service, man. It's uh, right. We're all very thankful for that. And uh, couldn't do what we all do without guys like you, man. Willing to take the... Take the risk for us and do what you do. So very thankful. So um, why don't you, if you could, John, just kind of tell us what's made you the man you are today. I know that's a very broad question, but I start every podcast with that to kind of say, you know what, you don't just wake up and become a general. You don't just wake up and start a business and do all these things. So what was that like? What was it like growing up and, and all that story? What's your backstory? Yeah, no, thanks for that that, uh, that question. Well, one, I would say the thing that really stands out more than anything is family, right? I was blessed to grew up with a really close family. They're from France, which automatically should tell you a couple things. One, we're highly social. Uh, two, we, which means we talk a lot. And, uh, and, most, and then we do a lot of that around food. So you start to get some of the influences, right? Yeah. You know, our dinners, if you come hang out with us, you can be miles well buckle in for a good three hours okay. at the family table. Going to have a lot of energy, a lot of high energy. Well, that's it, man. And you got to be able to get in that uh, conversation, right? Because everyone's yeah. got something to that's say. That's right. Better get in while you can. So great family. Uh, since that time frame, um, I've always been an entrepreneur, really loved the, the sense of possibility, a lot of what you yeah. talk about, right, where creating a future that's better than the past, well, that takes innovation, it takes risk, it takes the ability to connect people, and, uh, and genuinely care for people. So at the confluence of all those things, I've been blessed with an amazing wife for almost uh, three decades now, two incredible sons, and a family we're still close to. So. I mean, I just... What else can you blessed. ask for, huh? Nope, we're good. That's good. So you, you've been all over the world, literally all over the sure. world. And, and I, I'm curious on this question is to find out what have you learned along your journey about people, 
about leadership from all different makes and models, right? Nah, it's a great question. You know, boil it down to this. People are really not that different. I don't care what you say about culture or whatever. They may have different influences in their life, but at the end of the day, what people want tend to be the same thing. They want to be cared about. They want to know that they have value. They want to contribute to the world around them. You know, it's in that elegant simplicity that if we looked at people more that way, and again, I've been, whether I'm in Iraq or Afghanistan or I'm in Africa, and I've been, you're right, pretty much every continent, the end of the day, people just want those fundamental things. And yeah. all that other stuff kind of falls away once you recognize that. Yeah. And, and do you find that? I mean, even because you're, you're in these places you just mentioned and there's not good things going on. Right. But there's still good people. There's uh, great people everywhere. And you're still finding that even in the war torn countries. Absolutely. Take Afghanistan quickly. My last tour where I was the commanding general out there. And uh, what we found is the Afghans are one of the hardest working people I've ever known. They're incredibly resilient, which you have to be given. They just know war. But right. fundamentally, they want one thing. The same thing we want for our kids. Mm. They want them to have a better future. They want to be able to enjoy simple experiences. So um, when you look back on your career, we call them attaboys, right? You got a little attaboy from our, our coach ball game for those mm-hmm. who listen to this podcast or come to his camps. Um, when you look back on your career, what, what was that attaboy moment for you? It's kind of like, man, I've done some pretty cool stuff. Anything stick out? You know, I have to say, um, I'll go back to my tour in Afghanistan. We, we, just very quickly on the circumstances. When I got there, we were doing an $8 billion project and building the Afghan Air Force under extremely difficult circumstances. Never been attempted. And it had essentially failed. So I was asked to come in and take a different approach to see if we can. And when we say put it back together, it's 14 nations we're leading here mm. we're in the middle of a war zone. And we have a people that are really depending on. And air power is what we call an asymmetric advantage. Taliban have a lot of the same things that they had, but they didn't have air power. And that was a differentiator. So getting there and realizing that what we'd been doing for four years didn't work. We put together a different plan. We did it quickly. Um, we compelled people at every level. And I mean from every level, Secretary of Defense down in a rapid amount of time. And how many people was that when you say people? Like, is that... Oh, I mean, so we had, I had near a thousand distributed around the country, but you're talking about having to change the course of an effort that was, everybody had their fingers in either from yeah. a political standpoint. But, so we did, a, we created a very different approach, uh, achieved some outstanding, very outstanding success. And so this moment where it kind of crystallized, it was innovative, it was different. People were proud of it. And uh, our team won the uh, the Secretary of Defense Innovation Award for nation building for the nation. So wow. it was kind of cool. And it was yeah, kind of cool. It was innovation. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I like it is we had to engage people in a different way. So let's dig into that a little yeah. bit. So when you say innovation, dig into people a different way. What was that strategy like? Did this just come to you? Were you sitting in a room for hours brainstorming with your team? Like, like talk more about that. Yeah. I mean, so when I think of innovation, it's really about organizing things in uh, new and different way. That's it, right? Rarely do we create something new, but yeah. all the elements are there. So the way it looked is ask more beautiful questions. First thing I did when I got there mm-hmm. is I listened a lot and asked a lot of what I call beautiful questions. All a beautiful question is something where you're paying attention and you're going somewhere with you. And you, so you, you, you're picking up data and all of a sudden a map starts to form, right? And what we realized is we are creating an Air Force in our image and not theirs. Um, a lot of the requirements we were putting them on them were unnecessary. And in a lot of these, you can see, you wonder how in business how often this happens, right? So the things we were asking were unrealistic in their context. There wasn't clarity. And so when we put all that together, we developed a, what I call follow the rule of simplicity. 
We're going to focus on four things. We're going to do them measurable in this time frame. Mm -hmm. We're going to engage them more intentionally. And that was the key. And them being? Them being the Afghans. Yep. We got there, and I'll never forget this. I had this group for two-day summits, and what I do is a lot of these listening and talking sessions and discovery sessions. And that's where, within a month, we were able to kind of emerge a new sense of possibility, right? And what we learned is uh, the first day I had all the, you, you know, the allied folks in there, and we were talking about here's how we're going to do their maintenance and everything else, and I go, got it. Never forget, the beginning of the, first, the second day was the Afghans' turn to talk. And uh, the lieutenant colonel, Afghan lieutenant colonel, he goes, Thank you, sir, for asking this question. And the simple question that I ask is, how would you go about creating a maintenance schedule that you could support? He goes, no one's asked us that question in four years. So the point is, often we get so excited about what we're doing. Yeah. We get so intent on an outcome. We forget to engage and involve the very people who are going to be the ones responsible for that. Yeah, it, it makes me think about ADT. I say it all the time, ask, don't tell. Yep. Right. So you coming in as the general, you're the man, right? You're the big cheese over there. And you could come in and easily talk, 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 talk. Yep. But it's it's not their idea. So I think that's brilliant. When you ask them the question, now they're designing it. They're like, wow, I'm going to I'm going to build something very, very special. And then they think they're part of it. Right. It becomes the gospel. That's right. They own it now. Right. Yeah. Because yep. they have their fingerprints. right? Yeah. Mr. Harshbarger was my uh, eighth grade teacher. I say this all the time in this podcast. People probably get tired of hearing it. But he said, you got two ears. You got one mouth. Use them proportionately. Yep. That's Listen exactly twice right. as much as you talk, right? So it's exactly what you're saying, man. And so that's innovative. But yet, it's, it's simple, but not easy. Do well, you agree? It's, it's not easy. Because again, we, you know, so that was the process by which we emerged a new sense of possibility. Now we had to do the other part, which is, yep. you know, I tell folks, you can only, you know, you can only do a couple of hard moves when you're doing change, right? Yeah. So in our case, you know, we had to change the location where we were going to do attack training. We did a couple of things, but because we had grounded this in a true sense of reality, whereas yep. before, um, we were able to put it into a story that, uh, you know, compelled the senior leaders to let us do some pretty disruptive things. And it yeah. worked out okay. That's awesome. So you mentioned it earlier, you talked about the future uh, greater than your past, right? You can yep. see it on the microphones Love here and, and all that stuff. And so it, it doesn't mean you had a bad past. And I always want to kind of focus on that first. So when I say future greater than your past, it doesn't say John Michelle had a terrible past or a terrible upbringing. But to your point, everybody, no matter what walk of life you're coming from, everybody wants a future greater than their past. Absolutely. So when you hear that, what does it mean to you? And, and kind of to your core, what's that make you believe and what makes you think? Yeah, that's, you know, pursuing that state of possibility. So you're right. People go take social. They're like, why are you doing this at your age? You guys could do nothing. You could, you know, kick back. And we said, okay. we want to make an impact on the community. We'd rather take the risk of doing something, the example, hopefully that it sends yeah. the message, it sends our kids, right? So when I see that, the first time we met, we talked about, it's like, man, that resonates deeply because it means you're constantly moving forward towards something. Once you stagnate now, that's when life, I believe, really starts yeah. to diminish. Yeah, We're built here to, um, to flourish. We're designed to help others do the same. And that's what I think is a life well lived, man. Yeah. I, think that, I think that captures it beautifully. Yeah. Do you, do you think you were born with that? Or do you think that you've just kind of experienced that through your walk of life? I think I was born super creative and with a relentless love of life and a definite love of people. Yeah. And so 
constantly looking for ways to engage that yeah. is led me to, again, to be this kind of try to be an entrepreneur, try to innovate, yep. try to engage people. Yeah. I think my wife picked up on that too. She's, you know, you're smiling right now, right? When you look at you, you're smiling, you got this energy about you. And I think that's what's contagious for life. And that's why you're doing well, whether it was in the military or the stuff. Now, what I want to talk about is social kitchen. So S O U L C I A L, right? Social kitchen. I went there, had great food, um, but it's more than the food, isn't it? It absolutely is. We're trying to just start the beginning of what we hope is a different experience. Food, we say, is the medium, but really the mission is the message. And we are there to create a place that no matter what you do, whether you see it or not, you're blessing somebody else. That's the stage of life we want to be in. And I believe more people also want to experience that. Yeah. And so talk to us about the coin, right? Talk to us about Absolutely. the coin. You probably got, do you have one in your pocket? I, do. I, got three. <laughs> I can't I yeah. don't leave the house. Without. I was so mad at myself. I had, I had, I've been sitting it out for weeks. I was going to bring it here today and I get here and I'm like, Oh it's my God, I forgot you an extra seal. There you go. So the current, so talk about, I'm going to, I'm going to zoom in right here. So here's this little, this deal here. It says uh, currency of caring hashtag be a blessing uh, it's got a qr code on there probably the menu all that kind of stuff so talk to us about that what does this mean so you know you take this entire business with the end that we're building because it's still early today is focused on this one thing how do we create a simple way to engage people in a process of solving a problem and yep. in the process blessing others and so we have you notice we focus on food trucks as the medium to be able to get great food into the community. We have a restaurant because we have to prepare certain things and train people. When you start to put those together, you need a simple way to tie it all together. So it goes, huh, how can I be involved at Social Kitchen? Well, with the currency of caring, it's as much as buying a single token, putting it in your pocket, and it puts you on alert. It like puts you on blessing alert. Because you're like, I've got this token, I can give someone a meal, they can go to any food truck or social kitchen and eat for free with dignity, or I can put it in the pay it forward bank and do what we're doing next Friday, which is go serve 100 females to a needy neighborhood somewhere. A simple way to engage people in the process of blessing others. So when I'm in there, I've I've seen it, right? I can gift $8, I think it is, $8, I put this thing in there, and then you guys pick a a neighborhood or a town or whatever that needs meals, and then once there's 100, you go there and serve free meals for everybody. That's exactly what we yeah. do. Matter of fact, Madison County is where we're going next Friday. Yeah, that's beautiful. Amazing. So what, what, gives, you, what gives you that idea? Like, what, what, do you, what makes you think of that? Well, I think the, it goes back to what I talked about even in Afghanistan, right? So, or consistently. So in my military career, I was kind of like the turnaround guy. They usually send me to underperforming places so that okay. we could turn it around. Yep. And what they wanted was positivity. And what they wanted was creativity. What they wanted was to engage people in a process, right? And so you had to find a way to kind of centralize your story. People can only remember so many things. So it's always about what's your one thing. Yeah. So for us, the one thing that you can take away that's unique, but actually that harmonizes the entire experience is this little token in your hand. There's a lot of other complexity yeah. to make that happen. Yeah. You don't care about that. No. Have you read the book, The One Thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I know Jay Papazan pretty well. He's a good dude and a uh, phenomenal book. I was going to recommend it if you haven't. Um, what, what, would you, what, would, what would I see the non-work habits be, right? The day-to-day, you're in the mess, but what would I see those non-work habits be if I followed you around with a camera, you know, 24-7, seven days a week? What, what am I seeing? That's a, that's a great question. I actually see, uh, you know, reading when I can, um, 
a lot of note taking. I'm constantly, you know, looking for ways to connect things. You'd spend, you'd see me spending a lot of times talking with people every day. Yeah. I find a way to invest <laughs> in other people, whether I'm mentoring them or whether it's just a, a friend. I believe consistently investing in relationships. And you'd see Holly and I spend a lot of time together because we're doing the business together, right? And that's the way it's got. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the way. At this stage of life, we choose to do it. Yeah, and that's what we think hopefully we'll differentiate the business. And we've talked about this too, but the, the message that's given your boys, right? They're exactly. seeing, they're seeing dad who was a successful military guy could have easily retired. You know, I don't obviously know your whole situation, but you know, pension, I mean, all these things, right. Yeah. That we all know that's public knowledge and you could easily rested on your laurels, but you said, you know what, man, let's dive in, let's get our hands dirty and let's go make something happen. Yeah. This is, we're pushing it all in the middle yeah. and we, we joke. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. All the chips are so in. The man. chips are literally yeah. in as we told the kids, you know, Hey, you know, we want to make a difference and people talk about it and you can give a little yeah. here or there, or we were really passionate that we were given this opportunity yeah. to try to do something different. Yeah. How do you define success? I think at the end of the day, success for us is we've, we've left the world a little better than we found it by virtue of the lives that we've enriched. And yeah. that should it's a constant work. You got to constantly invest at home. You got to constantly invest in your close circle. But then I believe that, that the, the overflow of all that needs to touch other people. I yeah. think we can't take any of it with us. No. And we no. know that the one thing is when we're gone, the way the human body, you can tell by, by when you look at somebody, they'll either lean in if you know that it was a positive experience and they know you added value to the world, although yeah. nobody in the subconscious see fall back. I want to be somebody when they hear my name and I'm no longer here, yeah. they kind of lean in or they smile and they go, that yep. was a good dude. And whether dude. they say a good dude or man, that guy was spastic, uh, whatever it is, I want it to know. That <laughs> At least be was, known, right? Be known yeah. from the standpoint that the desire yeah. Yeah. was to be a blessing to other people. Yeah, and I think we talked about this at your restaurant, but you know, I have this saying I call F to the fifth power, right? And it, it talks about your faith, your family, your fitness, uh, your fun, your firm, which would be work for some people. We happen to have a firm and visionary wealth advisors. But I mean, that's the way for me. I choose to spend my time and my energy, right? So faith, family, fitness, fun, firm, those five things. If it doesn't move the needle in one of those anymore in my life, the answer is no, right? I, I'm just, I'm saying no to that thing. Cause I'm sure like you, especially when you're a, a general in the military, you have a lot of things coming your way and you have to choose to say yes or no to those things. And if you say yes, then you're really saying no to something else. Yep. And so when you hear that, what comes to mind and, and what, what kind of advice would you have for our listeners? Well, one, I, Really hope they internalize what you said because, uh, and, and I like the way that you capture those because it gives someone a simple grid. The thing is the discipline to follow that. You're right, there's always gonna be more demands than time. No matter yeah. where you're at in the food chain, there's yeah. still more right. demands than time and where you put your energy. There's folks who can spend and binge on Netflix for 20 hours a day, those are choices that they make. So one, get a grid like that, or I would tell them adopt yours. Find yeah. something that you can in four or five go, does this fit in there? Because time is precious and you don't get it back. And I really appreciate that you started with the first F because the thing that harmonizes everything we're talking about, yeah. and you said in the beginning, the whole idea of why social is spelled differently. Yeah. It is inherently spiritual and it's about the fact that we, uh, we the soul. have a much bigger opportunity and we're brought here for a reason that doesn't just involve us. And it is about the soul and it yeah. was the spirituality of service. Yeah, and it is. I think it's so cool too how certain words can have a, I mean, can pierce the heart for you, right. right? And I think it's our job. I always say everybody has a Pandora's box. I got to find the key, open it and, and get your message, right? We got to do that with our clients and, and things like that. And so I think that for you is what I'm hearing is the Pandora's box is social, the S-O-U-L. 
We yeah. created that. So I was finishing my doctoral work. I did my doctorate. In I apologize. I meant to ask that question. Am I supposed to call you doctor? <laughs> That's all John? good. <laughs> That's funny. Actually. <laughs> um, I actually well, wrote it right here. I put doctor. LOL. Yeah, we we you know? clearly spent a lot of time <laughs> in academia or yeah. doing crazy things. Yeah. But in 2006, I was up there and I was, and it just, thinking about what if we could use business for good one day? What if we can find a way that we can engage? Because I do believe business is the greatest force for good, mm -hmm. properly oriented. And so this idea and create a true, what would that look like from a spiritual service standpoint? So social was born. My wife and I at the time trademarked it and we bought all the, 15 years it sat on the shelf waiting for uh. a moment and here's the lesson. Some folks may have their version of that. I would tell them, don't give up on that idea. Wait for the right time, chip away. Every experience along the way is a blessing. Yeah. It can go towards that. And then here it is now. Yeah. I, I, I remember when you told me that a couple Fridays ago, you said that, that you've had this for 15 years. On the shelf. On the shelf. I knew it today would come, or we believed in our hearts yeah. it would. And did you, looking back, do you recall thinking about it pretty dang often or in alone time thinking about it or journaling about it or anything like that? Yeah, I think it... It, you know, it, it showed up at various parts of life. And the other thing is by buying the domains and trademarking and we even created some fun shirts, we had these reminders everywhere. And we didn't know, again, what it would look like. I didn't know it manifest into yeah. hospitality yeah. in this way, right. food and food trucks. Um, but I knew that it was an idea that was ours and it felt right. And it really felt right in 2006. And we stuck with it and we're glad huh. that we did. It's incredible, man. <laughs> That's so cool. So talk to me about fears. Um, uh, we spend time on this on a lot of these shows. And, and so fears, we, we've all put them in our minds. I think we're all guilty of that, right? This thing's not going to work or those clients are going to leave or this thing's going to go bad in business or at home or at wherever, right? We yep. put these fears in our mind. How many of the fears, and you've been all over the world in some of the most dangerous spots and in some hot territories, right? How many of the fears you put in your mind actually blew up to the magnitude and you put them in your mind to be rarely if ever do they right i mean we have the tenants we know the psychology of it is uh, and this is why when we go back to faith over fear and keeping in mind you know you can control what you can control and our mind will it's easy to take all these inputs and then try to you know in a way for self-protection and for obvious reasons to create a narrative that can get pretty scary yeah oftentimes i would tell you in my experience very rarely, if ever, do the fears we allow ourselves to internalize manifest that way. It doesn't mean bad things don't happen, but it does mean that it's rarely a narrative as bad as you describe. So this is why people need to believe in themselves. They need to be smart and they, they need to get a good counsel of, you know, some good counselors yeah. too. But keep pushing towards your dreams because, again, that's why I look back at F grader and P. You can have that, but not if you're dominated by fear. Yeah. So true, man. And it's like, so, but how, how somebody's driving down the road right now on these snowy days. And they're like, yeah, but John, Brett, you guys don't get my situation, right? My situation's different. I'm scared of this. What, what advice would you have for them? I'll tell you one, be clear about your one thing. I come back to that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different things that we chase and we give up too early or fear creeps in. And we're like, well, yeah. I'm abandoning that because clearly not working. And we move to something else. Well, we then is just fractionalize our life and we never. Yep. So make sure we're clear about the one thing. And when we know we're passionate and clear about that one thing, then get a clear plan. It's like, okay, here's the things that I can control. Be clear about what you can control. Yeah. Surround yourself with people who will give you good advice and then execute. And then when stuff doesn't go well, you're like, okay, dust yourself off and go, what can I learn from it? Again, life's gonna continue to give us curveballs, and it's gonna continue to bruises and dentists yeah. along the way. But I go back to, are we moving forward? Are we finding a way? And sometimes the bravest thing we'll ever do is to say, 
I guess that wasn't meant to be. That's a courageous yeah. act. Yeah. That is a super courageous act yeah. to surrender your ego. And you know what? But then that allows you, in the military, we like to say, then you preserve to fight another day. Mm. Sometimes that's all you need, man. Just, need if I could just show up again one more time. We all have time. failures, things that didn't yeah. work out the way that we expected in yeah. our lives. And it's easy to say it sitting here, right? Oh, let's learn from our failures. Let's yeah. do this. And they're not failures if you're learning. And, and I 100% believe that. But in the moment, man, it sucks. It's terrible. And, like, right? and, and that's why, for us, faith, to me, is the one thing that can trans because there are certain things we look and we add up and you look at the piano and they're like, this isn't adding up and all that. But there's a part of this where we have to really sort out how much is, is this narrative of reinforcing, how much of it is real and yeah. data and stuff can show yeah. you the things that are real. So faith helps a lot. Sound counselors are huge. Surround yourself with wise, diverse yeah. counselors, not just people who are there to be your cheerleading squad. Yeah. I mean, get diverse counselors, yeah. right? And then you got to stay on your game. You got to keep studying. You got to keep paying attention to trends. You got to, you know. And so you're right. There is no easy answer to any of these things. All I know is we're the ones ultimately that control the the ultimate narrative of our lives. Yeah. It's funny you say get diverse counselors. So I run every month, uh, which we need to add you to this group. It's um, there's, I guess, five, five or six of us. And it's every buddy is he runs or owns the business but it's all different walks of life so all six of us do something completely different right there's no other restaurant owner in the deal um that's why i'm going to recruit you into this group okay. it's free so don't worry hey, no, it's no, just time good. with other great business people yeah. yeah we need I, yeah I so, need and that's what's great so we spent you know an hour and 45 minutes together yesterday talking talking shop right yeah. talking business about what's going well what's not going well but one of the guys said he goes you know what i love about this is he goes this this group is so diverse as far as professional, what, what everybody's doing. And I think you can, if, if, if I just sat down and only listened to financial people all day long, I'm not really going to learn as a business owner. Right. Right. And same for you. If you just learn from that one restaurant guy or that one thing, you're not going to grow and change. Nope. I yeah. mean, again, there's so many things. So being able to hear themes or, and oftentimes someone shares something that may be in a completely different industry, but very quickly we can say, hold on a second, I can see how that application. And so it allows us to innovate and be creative. Yeah. It also allows us to be able to have people we trust as sounding boards yep. to go, yep. what do you think of this as what am I experienced? What through your lens would, yeah. could, could possibly be the reason or what would you advise? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, gosh, I love that. We could talk about that one uh, for days, but I, I think it's so important. And, and I think you do this because you sent me an article last week. Um, via text, but how, how do you stay a student of the game? What are you doing every day to, to get better? You've got, I mean, you have to basically, I mean, you read, you have to spend time reading both what's going on in the industry, things that are enriching you, things that are building your faith and your own core foundation yeah. every day. I'm a constant, there is no day that I probably don't have two hours of internalization of information. Yeah. I look for data, I look for, because it allows us to make those connections in new and novel yep. ways. Like you see that and you connect it to that. I won't know unless I'm exposed to it. Yeah. So you have to expose yourself to that every day. And yeah, absolutely. Got to be a student of the game or you're not going to get better. So nope. when, when you look back again at your career, what, what are, what's the risk that you, you're happy you took? You know, it's, uh, I don't know that there would be one risk. I would tell you this, um, especially those who served with me. I took a very contrarian approach to a lot of things. Um, when I went to North Dakota, I had the, I had the designation of having the worst performing wing and we only have you know the the or the large organizations that uh is how we organize ourselves in the military so there and two or three afghanistan is another example the approach was always find a highly energetic positive way to engage people uh 
create a deep sense of possibility and engage people in a narrative that was bigger than them. And I mean, these were business problems we were solving. These were problems that had real manifest. But at the end of the day, we're, you know, it was looking back. And so the risk was taking a contrarian approach, being different than others, and not ever being concerned yeah. about what, you know, the next promotion or whatever. Yeah. I approached every job as if it were my last. And hmm. that is so liberating. And that's something I'd ask folks to think yeah. about. If you go to every job, thinking it is your last and you can leave it on the table and do the right thing. I wonder how some things might be different for folks out there. Yeah. Well, that's a stumper right there. <laughs> it, it makes me think because you're right. I mean, if I go into it thinking that way, you're not worried about that next promotion. So you're actually thinking for the, for the greater good. That's right. You're, yeah. You're suspending any what's in it for me. Right. And you're saying I came here and they entrusted me and I have this, I have to steward this response. Yeah. It's just a stewardship yeah. mindset. Right. And so whatever it is, whether it's small or whether it's big, if you go with a steward's mindset, you're going to leave it all on the field yeah. and you're going to let it be. And the goal of leaving it on the field is how do I not just accomplish this mission, but I make every single person around me a little better than I first yep. found them. Yep. We had that conversation about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. So when, when you think about the struggles, cause not everything's just, just pie in the sky. Great. Every day is great. It's sunny in 72 and in, in John's world is those times, those moments, man, when, when you were, you know, maybe laying in bed at night, looking at the ceiling and man, lots of emotions, lots of feelings. W what did you do to get through that? And, and how did you battle that every single day. So I go back, heck, I have those days now, I'll be honest with yeah. you, right? I mean, this is a whole new venture that we're in. We've got, you know, a lot of play. So when I'm doing that now, yeah, <laughs> and other yeah, times yeah, in the past, yeah. it comes back to um, faith, the ability to have a trusted circle I can reach out to, to be honest about some of the things I'm, I'm struggling with, yep. having a great partner teammate and my wife yep. that I can confide in. Um, and it's going back to, you know, at the end of it all going like, I can't control this. And there are times where we're stressed. It's, is this idea still worth fighting for? Yeah. And if I can land on that, knowing I have these other forces to draw on, right? You know, prayer and the, you know, places to, 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 to refer to that are, you know, go back thousands yep. of years yep. as in the Bible. Um, it gives you a grounding. And at the end of the day, I go, I can control what I can control. And I'm going to choose again to set these aside and, do it yeah. as best I can tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Dino Descalzo was on a few weeks ago. He played for the Cardinals, won a World Series, all that stuff. And, and he, he made a comment that really hit me for some reason. But he talked about, you know, I, he, he had a base hit that was big. I think it was in the NL, uh, NLDS in 2012. But, you know, and he was never the guy hitting 300 and all that stuff. But he said, you know, I walked up to the plate that time and I told myself, you know, look, at the end of the day, you're not going to die. Right? Your family's still going to love you. And you think about these approaches so many times in life, we put so much stress and yeah. pressure on that one decision. I, I'm guilty of it. And that one thing is going to define so much. And in reality, man, it, it just, it doesn't. I still have my family, my wife and my four kids got, hopefully are going to still love me if I make this mistake. Right. But you just gotta, you just gotta take action. Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Getting into the paralysis a lot because the moment yeah. will paralyze you. Yeah. So it's funny you say that. And I think back what, you know, what's going through my head is, I've actually been in many situations where people wanted to kill me. Like, literally. <laughs> literally, I mean, yeah. literally, that was their literally. job. I mean, yeah. In Afghanistan, I had four constant bodyguards because, you know, at their, that was just the Well, if they could get it, right? you, that's, they, that's, that's a, exactly yeah. right. There goes the folks, and they, for a lot of different reasons. But all that goes to say, I have to never paralyze man action there. Matter of fact, you got to set the example. So 
what I find is, is in the business world or it's doing things like I'm doing now that have the tendency to potentially be more paralyzing because you're like, oh my gosh, you know, we've risked all this. We're, we're doing these things and they can have, but it comes back to when you filter it all at the end of the day, you go, is it for the right reasons? Are we invested for it or again for it? But what you just said, the worst case scenario that comes out of it is our family's still going to love me, yeah. right? Especially, yeah. and it's nothing that's going to kill me. Right. And I've been in places where yeah. they want to kill me. Literally. And, yeah, literally. <laughs> so it's just, it's yeah. funny, but it's, but it's that narrative we tell ourselves again. Yeah. You know, we really we tell ourselves over and over. The script we tell ourselves is really yeah. manifest in how we live our lives. Yeah. And I think it is. It's so important. That self-talk, man, is huge. And what do they say? It's something like 60,000 negative thoughts a day that we all have, and we're all guilty of it. But I, I call it Focus 90. And I, you know, I've got my binder over here that I use every single day, or my journal I use every single day. The, the garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. But good stuff in great stuff out. And I think it really matters on how you spend your morning. Cause I found certain days where I can work all day and go home and be like, wow, I was busy, but I didn't really accomplish anything. And, and I found this focus 90, 90 day goals every day, focus the first 90 minutes on those goals. And when I win the morning, I win the day. Now, does that mean I do that 365 days a year? No, but so when you hear that, what kind of what comes to mind for you from a discipline and making sure you get things done and being productive? I think you've, I love win the morning because how you start your day is pretty much going to, is already set the conditions for whether this is going to be good, bad, or indifferent. Yep. And so what we do control is how we start our day. What we do control largely is the amount of things that we put our attention on. Because there's things constantly going to making goes back to what you talk, constantly making yep. demand signals on us. Do I choose to watch six hours of Netflix? Now, those who want to do that, more power to you. But those are choices you're making. Yeah. And without the ability, what nice is about winning, you know, winning that first part. You wake up and it's quiet outside. My favorite time of day is it's dark. The house is quiet yeah. and allows you to set your battle plan for the day. Yeah. And it's like I don't know what it's going to end up like, but I know how I can start it. Yep. And I can start it from a place of centering, right? of clarity about I'd like to accomplish these objectives today. And if I just move a little closer to the goal, it's probably going to go a little left and right along the way. But am I still a little closer? And if I don't do that in the morning, what's going to happen is you hop out of bed and now you're at the whim, if you will, of whatever's going to happen to you. Amen. So that is... That's Other people are controlling your life. day. I mean, right? Everybody will. Yeah. Or the news. I mean, all these things are yeah. bombarding you and that negativity, you know, you turn on. So you've got all these different cycles yeah. subliminally and consciously that are pounding it. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought that. How much news and TV, like normal TV stuff, are you watching every day? Negative Tower. My wife and I yeah. personally watch like a one show a night. So we give it about 45 minutes to yeah. an hour. And whether we're watching, um, you know, usually one particular show is all week. Yeah. And that's what we, for us. I mean, we're on Yellowstone right now. I love Yellowstone, dude. I'm on God. fourth episode, season four. So, oh, you're I just saw the uh, number five, season five just got renewed or something like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a great, I, I yeah. think it's a great, yeah, show. no, awesome. I agree. So, I agree. We're, yeah, we're watching a couple of different things, and uh, but it just goes that's just a ritual for us. Yeah. So, it goes back to also the other setting is what are the rituals you're creating in your life? So, mm-hmm. what you just described is when the morning. That's a yeah. ritual. Absolutely. <laughs> what are you doing throughout the day, right? Yeah. So all these things, how are you grounding back to the people that matter to you? All rituals, bro. 
I had to cut in front of you there on the camera. I apologize, but I wanted to get... So th this is the journal. I'm really excited about it. I've been working on this, man, for, well, 20 years, and, and I'll show you this later here. But I think it is. It's, it's having that commitment to something that's every single day. And so when I look at my planner, this is the daily planner that every single day gets done, and it's, it's going through, right? And it, it's finding out, what was the weather like? It's simple, right? And, and start to look at your data. And I think that's what the military, I think, does so well, oh, yeah. man. You guys get data and you make big decisions on that stuff. But for me, yeah, did I meditate? What's my water intake, my exercise, my reading? What am I grateful for? This focus 90 I talk about. And I think the more we can track that stuff and win the day, there's the much greater likelihood of success if you show up every single day, put your work boots on and make things happen. I completely agree. And I applaud you for the fact for helping people need a simple framework yeah. from which to start to organize. They'll build their own disciplines. I think that that is a great, great yeah. framework you just laid out. Great. Thank you. When you, when you look back at your career now, John, what would you say, uh, or what advice would you have, right? What advice would you have for that guy 10, 15, 20 years ago, even? Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I, I keep it this simple. Uh, we can hit our careers and have all these ambitions and ideas how it's going to work out and come up <laughs> with our five-year plan, 15- and 20-year plans, okay? Planning's okay. The reality is life's lived in the moment, and you're going to take some rounds. So <laughs> spend a little more time living in the present, and this is something I struggle with in a big way. I constantly look at what is possible, the future. Yeah. But the trap for me and maybe likely for others is yeah. if you spend all your time out there, you lose the beauty of in here. And I love so that. balance your life in the present. Have goals, have ambitions, have a framework. But don't lose sight because we have, no one has any idea whether we wake up tomorrow. Yeah. And that sounds, and that's just reality. That's not, I think we should consider that as a blessing to go, wow, with that mindset, have I done the things today that I could do? Have I extracted as much yeah. joy from it? Have I put, a, have it been a blessing to other people? And have I moved towards my goals? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, and so one of the questions I want to talk about here is I had this visualization in my mind of this person running down a football field. They're, they're exercising. They're, they're just by themselves. But you ever seen them when they get the belt around with the parachute behind them and they're running? And that's to create resistance. And I understand that. But I also would take that same look in life and say, okay, somebody's running down the street right now. And they've got the parachute, right? I'm using air quotes for those listening. I'm, uh, they're using their parachute that's really holding them back in life. And, and I have this thought and this vision of just cutting that, right? And now <laughs> away they go. So when you hear it put like that, what would you say that you would do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? What a great question. I think I'd do what I'm doing now. Mm. That's why I asked the question, because I, I knew that would be I do, I do what I'm doing now, because right now, I mean, we're operating like we can't fail. We know, however, there's real risks here. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we're operating at the worst single time in hospitality history. Amen. So uh, I would, it, to me, it motivates me to bring the tenacity to stay on top of my game, to make adjustments, and in the end, give it the best for the right reasons. And what we know is this, our heart's in the right place, we're willing to do the work. We're the first one in, the last one out. Yeah. And we know that we have served a higher purpose. That part I can control. Yeah. Yeah. So what would I be doing? 
exactly what I'm doing right now. Love it. <laughs> Love that, man. So I've never asked this question before, so I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. And, and I know you've got these kids that mean the world to you. Oh, you've yeah. got your wife. And, uh, if this was like you talked about earlier, if this was your last job, you're going to give it everything you got, right? If this was your last message to your kids, like what, what's that thing that you want them to look back on their old man and say, you know what? This is what my dad taught me. Invest your lives in things that matter. And those things that really matter are people. Mm. So I would tell them that, that is the definition of a life well lived. Be good to people. Be the kind of person you'd like people to be to you. You hear all these things before, but you got to live them out. So I think that the definition of a life well lived is have we taken every reasonable opportunity to invest and enhance the lives of the people we touch within our family, within our circles, and you don't even have to see all of them. Yep. I won't ever see a fraction of these people, but it's a manifestation of our desire to try to yeah. do something to make the world better than we found it. Well, I know that was for your boys, but my boys are going to hear that message too. So I'm just going to hit edit, copy, edit, paste, if that's all right. Um, I want you to do this because it, you know, you're a humble person and uh, you're not going to brag unless I make you brag. So um, I'm going to make you brag about Social Kitchen. Paint the vision for the listeners, especially for those in the area right now. We're down at basically 159 and what is that? 161? 161, yep. 161 and 159, right behind a the bank there. Um, I've been there numerous times. Times now food's phenomenal but brag about the vision and where you're going with that absolutely so I would tell you social kitchen is not just a restaurant it's a campus it's a campus that not just uses food to be able to connect people but it's about creating a sense of possibility everything there is about building a better future for other people the yep. people that we hire some of those touched by justice, some with disabilities. We want to create a space and we use service to others as a way yeah. to be able to bring healing and hope and growth. On the other end of that, I, we want people now as those food trucks and as through this, this token system gets out into communities, people who otherwise might not have known if they matter are being touched in simple ways. So what I, my vision and hope is we are creating a campus that is, that's grown with the addition of the ice cream parlor. The reason we're creating is we're creating an experience, but from that experience, I hope it's the first of several. And then we're gonna be creative about how we expand that to other places and engage people in different ways, all for the goal of how do we use food as a medium to bless and connect people. We need it more than ever after two years of COVID. Amen. We'll tell you that. Amen to We're that. dying for it because human beings are relational. We got to eat anyhow. So our job at Social Kitchen, our goal at Social Kitchen is to be able to create a platform that we can not only just enjoy extraordinary creative food, but we can connect and serve people in a very innovative way. Love it. That's, That's a hell of a commercial, my friend. <laughs> and, and, but I also think, too, I'm going to be uh, there on Friday nights, right? This summer, I'm going to be there Friday nights. I'm going to probably have bands on Friday nights. Yep. I can go there, have all different types of food. My kids can get their ice cream after we eat. And I think you may be even building something I can bring the dog. That's exactly right. So when you talk about this platform, it's how do we create the things that allow greatest, greatest opportunity for people to choose us? Yeah. So you've got, you know, the kitchen really serves, it's, it's a restaurant, but yep. that's not the primary focus. We have our own five food trucks, largest food truck owners in the Midwest, if not beyond. And that's so that we can control the experience a little more and do the currency of caring. Adding an ice cream parlor, crepe shop, and coffee shop so you can come there. Adding playground equipment, building a dog park. So what you see, we want to grow into community markets. The theme here is how do we create attractions of which food is a part of, but more importantly, is so people can be together in 
community. Yeah. And, that's it. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm a person wanting to do a food truck, I got to learn from a guy like you because spent 26 and a half years, uh, you don't become a general by just kind of half-assing something. And so you've got processes, we've got discipline, we can educate that next generation of business owners, which I know you're doing as well. But also talk about the, uh, our friend, the, the big old World War II airplane that's out Absolutely. there, man. So we talk about five food trucks. I'm glad we just didn't skate by that one. No. So you've got the only airplane that flew in World War II converted to a food truck in the world sitting at the campus, in the world kitchen in the world so she is uh, 39 feet long she's going to be delighting people with her own all patriotic menu the cool part is space is sexy again so we love it <laughs> thanks Finally, elon Musk. Right. after decades yeah. of kind of lulling ourselves to sleep yeah. so things all things space are great great time to have the space shuttle it was yeah. designed to engage people it's to celebrate our history of innovation because think about it. i mean all those storylines yeah. go with it and that's an example we want to do at social kitchen we're willing to risk and try different yep. ways to create a unique experience yeah well it's a cool place too man i've been there the, the kids loved it it's uh it's an awesome time so where do our listeners find more of you uh, more of your social brand uh, where can we send them to we'll put it in the show notes below absolutely i would just say go to socialkitchen.com um, or you can Google us on, uh, and, you know, you put in social and we're going to fortunately come up with a lot of different things. We've been yeah. blessed with a lot of coverage. We've got this food truck entrepreneur program. The Department of Labor is now certified so we can help others become their own entrepreneurs. Yeah. So uh, come find us. More importantly, come talk to us Yeah. in person. Yeah. And I've noticed that too, man, everybody that walks in there and that's, and that's not a show, but everybody, what's up brother? How you doing? I mean, you're just, it's just that, again, that energy that makes you want to come back. And, and, and I don't mean to keep saying that to keep, you know, bragging and, and on you, but it's more of the listener, like they bring that into their life, that's right? Whatever their whatever their social is for them, bring that into your life. That's right? exactly right. I mean, and what you see there is a genuine love of other people where, and so I, I talked about Afghanistan and the things that, and it's, what people look for is to be noticed, to know that they matter, to be acknowledged. So yeah. we do that in that way, but the reality, we're interested in their lives. We're glad, genuinely yeah. glad they're there. And we want that to spill over in the campus. And I think yep. you'll see that in a lot of our teammates. Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, John, thanks so much for being on the Circuit of Success, man. It's been an absolute blast and uh, very thankful for your time and uh, also very thankful for your service for our country. Well, thank you, my friend. Again, thank you for allowing me to come uh, share a few thoughts and for inspiring me with some of the things that you're yeah. doing. I'm really, really grateful yeah. for our friendship. Absolutely. And here's what I would ask for all those watching or listening is let's go to Social Kitchen and buy one of these. And we're not, I'm not getting any thing for this trust me it's but i'm just saying let's let our circuit of success family go there pay it forward let's create a future greater than your past for those people that need it go in there put as many of these as you possibly can or if you just want to say hey let's sponsor a neighborhood myself right let's go out and do that let's make some things happen uh, on behalf of our circuit of success and visionary wealth advisor family all right so thanks again and uh, john it's been great having you Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.